It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels, and wow, what a day it has been. Oh, did you hear about this Democrat mayor from Maryland? He has resigned, according to the Gayway Pundit, before being arrested, one day before being arrested, for guess what? 56 counts of child pornography. The Democrat mayor of College Park, Maryland, resigned from the position one day before being arrested. Disgraced Mayor Patrick Wojan, or W-O-J-A-H-N, Wohan, 47 years old, was arrested on Thursday. Prince George's County Police Department said on February 17th, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children notified the PGPD, Prince George County Police Department, that a social media account operating in the county possessed and distributed suspected child pornography. The images and videos had been uploaded to, to the social media account in January, and through investigative techniques, they found this dirtbag. Now, what's so important about Mayor Wojan or Wohan or whatever else it may be? Well, him and his husband were being given accolades for winning because he had overcome homophobic homophobic <laughs> homophobic comments whilst he was running during a debate and this came from what magazine was this oh i don't have it but anyway the article i got the snippet from the article mayor patrick wohan of and city councilman pj brennan were re-elected tuesday by voters who resoundingly rejected anti-lgbtq plus rhetoric and he received 1,500 votes and blah, 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 so on and so forth. So everybody was singing this clown praises because he was a gay man and he won election. Barely. He was there overcoming all of the adversity that was thrown in his way, strengthened by opposition. He won and was speaking for the basic man and whilst doing profane things as well. So we find out that, oh, goodness gracious, wouldn't you know it, he was very good friends with none other than Pete Buttigieg. Wow, who would have dunk? Who would have really suspected this? He even posted it on his Twitter, just two mayors grabbing a beer together. Hashtag Mayor Pete. And you can find other articles about this guy where the articles clearly state uh, that he was mentored by, actually the article by Philip Van Sluten from November 14th of 2019, re-elected College Park Mayor discusses politics and future plans. Pete Buttigieg has mentored Patrick Wohan over the years. Birds of a feather, I suggest. Because if we know anything about the Democrats, we always know that for some reason they turn out to be the pedophiles. And why is the president, whilst vice president and senator, making those odd gestures towards children, like sniffing them, like grabbing them, in front of their parents, in front of cameras? Why do we have all of those disturbing journal entries from Ashley Biden, where she says, I can't exactly remember, but I'm pretty sure that the showers I was taking with Joe uh, were probably inappropriate. Why do we have these drug-fueled memoirs 
from Hunter Biden all over the place. It's because more than likely all of these are symptoms of sexual, physical, emotional abuse that the Biden family was inflicting upon its offspring. Sorry, that's just probably what's going on here. There's no other way to look at it. Also, there was this other tweet by John Nicosia from Washington Post. Investigators also obtained a warrant for Kik, K-I-K, ordering the social media platform to turn over content related to Wohan's account. Authorities found two dozen videos and images depicting further sex acts with minors, and the police have now submitted that to the court. So why does this happen? Why is it always the Democrats? All of a sudden, we've got Democrats coming out there, and guess what he's, Guess what they're doing? Oh, we need to go to drag shows. We need to make sure we have drag time story hour, or whatever the hell it is, drag queen story hour. And did everyone see the social media viral video that came out of a drag queen doing a horrible... Or I'm sorry, a trans woman, I, I don't know, I, I can't exactly see uh, what's in the video, doing essentially a strip tease in front of toddlers while all of these stupid parents are sitting there, mouth agape, smiling, and all oh, clapping. They're so brave to do strip teases in front of toddlers and children. Oh, here, honey, throw a few bucks into the garter of that man over there. That's what's going on. They want to legitimize, and they want to create an openness of degeneracy. Now, I don't care if you're a drag queen or you're trans. I don't care what you do on a Saturday night. I don't care what you do if you're at least 18 years or older. But I'm sorry, I look down upon you as a parent. If you are going to take toddlers to strip teases with drag queens and transvestites, or how about this? Strip teases in general, it doesn't matter. Male or female, strippers, it doesn't matter. Why are you taking your kids to events like that? Why are you smiling about it like, oh, this is oh, so brave, I can't believe it. Here, give them a few dollars, sweetie. No, what's wrong with you? And they're all Democrats. So why are they doing this? I'm telling you, I, I mentioned it in another podcast before, it is a socialistic anarchist movement because they want to splinter the moral compass of society. That's what's really going on here. So if they splinter that, if they make everyone go at each other's throats, then what they can do is they can swoop in and create a more draconian society like they tried to do during COVID. And this was from Natural News. Natural News from this, uh, no, they cited it from, oh, Ethan Huff, that's what it was. Tainted blood. Now, this is important, tainted blood. Now, we all know that the blood kind of changes in the injected, 80% of the blood supply contaminated with spike proteins from mRNA jabs, blood bank accidentally admits. Now, why is this important? Politicians in the state of Montana are pushing a new bill that would make it a crime for those who have been vaccinated to donate blood. Very good, because they're finding out that if you are using vaccinated blood, not only if you're vaccinated yourself or not, your body does not react well to vaccinated blood. It doesn't react well to blood that is teeming with spike proteins and saturated with nanolipid particles. So people get into even worse shape. Representative Greg Kmetz, K-M-E-T-Z. The sponsor behind the bill wants to make it a misdemeanor, 500 bucks for a fine, 
if you decide to do this. HB 645, which is the name of the bill, House bill, would be banning people who have had a diagnosis of quote-unquote long COVID. Medically defined as a long name, post-acute squalay of SARS-CoV-2 due to chronic 27 SARS-CoV-2 viral infection. So this is where he spills the bean, or at least Cliff Newmark, senior vice president of the blood collection nonprofit Vitalant, this is where he spills the beans. If this gets through, Montana's blood supply could be cut by up to 80%, leading to adverse patient outcomes, uh, what's worse than death, uh, including unnecessary and unconscionable death. So what he's admitting to, what Cliff here, is he's saying that the blood banks are completely contaminated. 80% of the blood in the blood banks contain spike proteins from mRNA injections. And by default, they're also going to contain nanoparticles, lipid nanoparticles that we all know are in the vaccines, that we all know gravitate towards the gonads and the liver and the lymph nodes and go through the brain, the blood-brain barrier, on and on and on. So you have to be extremely careful about how you go about getting blood if you need it. You cannot back down from these clowns because they're not going to back down. They're going to be saying, oh, well, if you don't accept any kind of blood that we have available, then you're going to be in trouble and we're not going to give you any blood anymore. Sorry. And uh, that's it. Can't do it. Not going to happen. No, you've got to push back against these clowns because they do have unvaccinated blood and you can't let them get away with this. You cannot let them get away with this. And so that brings us to the next damaging topic that we have known about for a long time. I've been subjected to it. I've been subject subjected to throttling. Uh, basically, my social media accounts have been reduced to zero following. Uh, it doesn't get around anywhere. I know that for a fact. I've been warned multiple times. I, You know, think about this. My podcast, my little lovable podcast, is being throttled by major social media companies. For what? I mean, I talk to you like a drunk at a bar. It's not like I'm going on to NPR and dropping truth bombs. It's not like I'm rattling enough cages. I'm simply giving you drive-by news articles and commenting on them like a fool. But I'm throttled for some reason. State Department-funded censorship group punished conservative websites for circulating the lab leak theory. This is from Summit News. The U.S. State Department-funded Global Disinformation Index punished conservative websites by throttling their advertising revenue if they gave credence to the lab leak theory. The Global Disinformation Index is a British-based nonprofit received 665 grand from the Global Engagement Center and National Endowment for Democracy. Whenever you hear National Endowment for Democracy, NED, that basically means it is going to be a psychological operation. Whatever they're funding, it is going to be some way to sow discord within a country that they have, they being the, the uh, State Department or the federal government, that they have their eyes on and they want to overthrow it or control said country. So NED, 
is no better than EcoHealth Alliance that laundered money for Dr. Fauci into various biolabs across the planet. Uh, and what did they do? The group targeted firms that were providing ad revenue streams to known, quote-unquote, disinformation sites, peddling coronavirus conspiracies. So what? what's the whole gist of that? Basically, they're allowing people to say whatever they want, right? But what they'll do is they'll go after those people's revenue stream. They'll make sure that you can't have an account on PayPal and you won't be able to use certain money-paying apps. They'll go after the banks. They'll make sure that you can't get a loan. They may, they'll make sure that your credit score is damaged in one way or another. They're not going after your ability to speak directly. They're trying to starve you. They're trying to make you dwindle and dangle on the branch so that you can't put food in your mouth unless you're a good egg because you shan't be saying such icky, icky things because people like Jason Brodeur of Florida, representative of, uh, no, state senate, uh, state senator from Florida, uh, Jason Brodeur, uh, guess what he's doing? Guess what he just introduced into Florida? If you dare to write something icky in a blog about anybody within the government, and this comes from for, uh, FloridaPolitics.com, Jacob Ogles wrote this one. Senator Jason Brodeur, a Lake Mary Republican, filed legislation, SB 1316. And guess what he said? Bloggers covering the governor, the lieutenant governor, cabinet or legislature must register with the state. The bill then requires reporting that with the state that if a blogger posts to a blog about an elected official or an officer and receives or will receive compensation for the post, they are required to report that post to the state within five days. They also have to dig up the website and all other websites that post their article. They also have to disclose the date and dates that additional compensation could be received down the road. And the bill requires basic information about the posts that anybody should be offended about. Now, this guy, Mr. Boudoir, Senator Boudoir here, he barely won election. He won election by 50.3% of the vote, and he played the election like Joseph Biden. He never showed up. He's a Republican, but he took a page out of the Biden playbook by just saying, well, I can't show up to a debate for whatever reason. I'm going to go hang out in my basement. He barely won election. Now, the other portion of, of this is that, yes, it is draconian. Because now I can't say whatever I want about Governor DeSantis. I can't say whatever I want about some other elected state officer because, oh, I have to register and make sure that everybody knows what I'm writing. That's draconian. That's fascist. Now, their argument for doing this, Mr. Boudoir, Senator Boudoir, he says that we have lobbyists everywhere that must register with the state and the government. So if they're lobbying on behalf of China or lobbying on behalf of the defense industry, they have to register with the government. So if you're a blogger, 
more than likely you're a paid blogger. Somebody is paying you to write these stories that are potentially critical about the governor. So we want to know about it. We want to know where you're getting your income from so that everybody knows that your point of view is biased and slanted. Sounds pretty good. Until you understand who is the governor of the state, the governor of that state is DeSantis, where George Soros tacitly endorsed him. The Bushes, remember the Bushes, they endorse George Soros, uh, not George, well, they do endorse him, but they endorse DeSantis. Um, who else do you have down there? You've got child trafficking Scientologists that are well in the camp of DeSantis, because just look at how many Scientologists are all over Florida. You've got this bizarre General Flynn, retired, that lives in Florida, registered Democrat for over 33 years. Uh, you know, you find him all over the conservative side of things. I wouldn't trust him as far as I could throw him. I ain't a strong guy, so I'm not going to throw anything very far, never mind another human being. But... I wouldn't trust him either. He's down there. What the hell is he doing down there? And then you can look into Disney and all of this other kind of thing. You're looking at a basically a rhino Republican, Republican in name only. I don't trust DeSantis. He sounds good. He seems to do the right thing. But you have to look at his backers and what he is doing. Who's funding him? Going on a book tour. Going on all of these fundraising junkets with people. They're all going after mega donors on the Republican side. That's what you have to worry about because he's, like I said, he's doing things that look good. But the people around him, that's who you have to look towards because their agenda is going to rule his agenda. And lastly, the Twitter files came out. GEC, New Knowledge, and State-Sponsored Blacklists Guess what happened? Americans have been paying taxes to disenfranchise themselves as government agencies and subcontractors undertake a massive digital blacklisting project by also Matt Taibbi, of course. And what he did was he followed up on his Hamilton 68 story. And that was an interesting story because you had a whole bunch of individuals that claimed to be conservative that went against Trump that promulgated the massive Russiagate nonsense time and again. That's all they did. How could you have a bunch of Republicans masking as conservatives promoting a Clinton conspiracy theory and still vote with those kinds of people? The Bushes, the, the Kagans. I mean, the, you got them all over there. Why would you still do this? So the whole gist of this article by Matt Taibbi is that Barack Obama, on his way out through Executive Order 13271, established a global engagement center, the GEC, to counter the messaging and diminish the influence of international terrorist organizations. So what did that do? Well, it allowed the government to focus on what they determined to be disinformation. In other words, if there was a narrative that was running counter to the government's narrative or somebody that's in the government that is aligned to the narrative, hello, Russiagate, hello, Democrat agents, 
within the FBI and the Department of Justice. Then they could spy on you and they can request that you be removed from social media platforms because you're a bad egg. That's what this was doing. Now, the GEC, if you look at it, it's basically um, it's, it's basically a hub for various organizations and agencies. They all insert their information into the GEC and then it's distributed. Now, what was extremely damaging is not only did you have government agencies doing all that, sending their information into the GEC and all of that, and the GEC coordinating it, coordinating the disbursement of that information, information in quotes, by the way, because it's all biased, uh, you did have other what they called labs. Oh, we're going to study the disinformation. We're going to be doctors of disinformation, the disinformation doctor, at institutions like liberal enclaves such as Harvard, Stanford, Clemson, UT, Pitt, William and Mary, the University of Washington, and so on and so forth. That's where this was coming from. You have these liberal bastions of idiocy that were submitting, oh, we've got disinformation here. And the reference that Matt Taibbi makes is that um, one of these groups wanted 40,000, 40,000 Hindu, supposedly, Hindu accounts to be removed because they were peddling Russian disinformation. For what it's worth... Uh, the Ph.D., the doctor of Grinder, Yol Roth, former, uh, what was he, the, the disinformation queen over at Twitter, whatever he was. Uh, he was pushing back against all of this, realizing that it was a bunch of nonsense. But what you also find out throughout all this is that this is what Matt Taibbi says. Most of these experts know nothing. Many have skill, if you can call mesmerizing dumb reporters a skill. But in the area of identifying true bad actors... Few know more than the average person on the street. So this is their M.O. What they decided to do was they decided to create all kinds of disinformation. They created this stir, right? They created Christopher Steele-like dossiers. And then they would go to the low-hanging fruit. They would go to the people that could barely tie their shoes and form a sentence you know, the real dregs of journalism. And what did they do? Being that they were looking for a story and their big break, they would write whatever the GEC told them to write, and it would be pushed out in front, the media would run with it, and then all of a sudden the media would be ginned up and ask for, or demand more than likely, action from these various social media companies. Like, why isn't Twitter getting rid of these 40,000 accounts? Because it's clearly that they're going to be peddling more Russian disinformation and trying to overturn the elections. You understand how this works now? The government, through it, it through your tax dollars and through biased individuals masking as authority, masking as unbiased pillars of justice, went around and abused their office of power, abused the tools that they had access to, which allowed them to see very, very sensitive items in your email, your phone, your text messages, uh, your social media messages, any of that stuff, 
and they requested these social media companies strong-armed them to ban you, to silence you. That's how bad this is. This is the very definition of fascism. So if there's one thing you learned about the Democrats under Trump, not only are they deranged and more than likely have serious mental problems, but whatever the Democrats accuse their opponents of doing, they are doing themselves. Russian collusion. What did we find out? We found out that Russian billionaires were house hunting with Hunter Biden. By the way, those Russian billionaires, they haven't been subjected to any of the sanctions of the Biden administration because they're pals, even though they are, in fact, Russians still living in Russia. What have we found out about Hunter Biden and the way he invested money into the Ukraine to help foster these bio labs? What have we found out about the Biden ties to China and Hunter Biden saying he knows the spy chief of China itself and he just went missing? What the fuck? They do exactly what they accuse their opponent of. If they're saying that their opponent is a fascist, guess what they are? Guess what you've seen over the past three years? You've seen massive amounts of fascism, mandates, literally using your tax dollars, over $100 billion of your tax dollars, funding Nazis in the Ukraine. The amount of power that Big Pharma had over the government, over the CDC and the FDA to force these mandates to cover up their tracks is astounding. If this isn't fascism, if you're not smart enough to understand that all of these actions are bringing us into a fascistic society where you're going to be monitored all the time, then I've got nothing else to tell. Then just turn it off now because you just won't get it at this point. And even though Senator Boudoir's legislation in Florida Kind of makes sense because we want to know what these reporters and what these bloggers are writing about and who's funding their articles. You cannot be forced to register with a government agency just for writing a critical blog on an elected official. Official, not official. That is fascism. It is fascism. That's going to be it for me. It's the Last Call Podcast with Chris Michaels. As always, you can like me, find me, share me. Last Call Podcast, uh, wherever you like to hear uh, your favorite podcasts. Um, and uh, what else? Oh, Last Call Caravan. Everywhere else, Twitter, Instagram, and also Truth Social. Enjoy your weekend. I will be back next week, as always, fired up and raring to go.